ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Piece of Candy podcast. My name's Alex. And my name's Alex. Thanks for joining us once again. This week we are doing a music podcast. Music! And we are looking at some epic soundtracks. The epicness of the epic epic. It's going to blow your face off, man. This is like going to be 60 minutes full of epic. You've got to, you know, keep the socks on because they might just knock them off. Yeah, we're limiting the uh, number of tracks we're each talking about this time, because last time we did a music episode, it got a little bit long. Little bit. Little bit long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully uh, we'll be able to keep it under two hours this week. Hopefully, here's hoping. <laughs> so uh, let's let's dive right in. Uh, Alex, would you like to start, or shall I go first? I think I will start. Okie dokie. Okay. Okay. Right. So... All things epic. So the first film that I'm going to be talking about is a little bit surprising, some of you may think, um, but it is The Man of Steel. Um, and what did you think of this film when it came out? Eh. I know, I'm so with you on that. <laughs> it's a shame because we're still waiting for a good Superman film. We've never I had a know. really good one. I mean, you know, people point to the old ones and say, oh, look how good the old ones were. And say, yeah, but, yeah. They've not aged well. No, they really haven't. Mm. Number two wasn't bad with, with, with the criminal Kryptono, Kry, ah, Kryptonians coming back, General Zod and that, but even so, they weren't great. Mm. Obviously, you know, just Man of Steel was just the uh, the setup for Batman versus Superman. <laughs> the even worse film. I know! <laughs> it's even worse! It was so bad. Oh, oh dear. Um, but no, it, it was unfortunate. It had, well, massive budgets. It had a fairly good casting as well. But I don't know. Just. It managed to be a film with four different storylines, none of which you cared about. Ah, oh, I know. Almost, You could almost look back at Man of Steel fondly after Batman vs. Superman. No, I know. And we will do. Cause you've and got a, we will. You've got a piece <laughs> of music from it. I do. I have. This is actually one of my favourite pieces of music otherwise you know if it wasn't one of my favorites then i wouldn't be talking to you guys about it um is actually from the trailer mm-hmm. um one of the trailers which kind of got me excited for the film um but then watching the film i was thoroughly thoroughly let down and disappointed as i'm sure a lot of people were mm-hmm. i haven't come across anybody who says they do like it but who knows right in uh, prove me wrong. <laughs> Tell us how wrong we are. Tell us how wrong we are. like about this this uh music it starts off really soft like so soft you can't barely even hear it like really nice piano yeah like a dun 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 almost a little bit somber um but then it is literally the embodiment of the perfect build in a song um that's pretty much basically all what this song is it is just a build um, mm. Just layer, then another layer, then another layer, and it just makes you think, "Yeah, I want to <laughs> go punch a mountain." It is, it is very good. Um, I do like songs that uh, that do that, where you where 
you know, obviously, you know, all soundtracks are sort of a journey through a film, but I like individual tracks that are a journey in themselves. Yeah. Uh, and this is definitely starting out with a good one there. Yes. Um, it does. It's, uh, I believe that bit sort of, that bit plays sort of at the end of the film, sort of over the credits as they're starting, mm. doesn't it? Yeah, a little um, bit. And it's, the, is it the same bit, kind of a bit of music that he, that happens when he starts learning to fly? Uh, trying to Kinda, remember the film yeah. now. Which is, um, which is good, which is, yeah, it's, 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 it's a nice bit of the film. Um, you know, when Superman learns to fly, it's nice to take that journey with him a bit. Um, before this story just goes all fucking nuts. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's got a marvellous name. <laughs> it's what are you going to do when you are not saving the world? That's great. That's good. <laughs> um, so it's a little bit almost of a transition from a Clark Kent to Superman in yeah. the music. It's like the soft bit is all, you know, Clark Kent. And then it's a dramatic build of, no way, yeah, it's, I'm it's... a man of steel. That's awesome, yeah. It's him walking down the street just sort of with his glasses on and then he sort of maybe steps into an alley and takes his glasses off and off he goes. Good job. <laughs> uh, but the the Man of Steel soundtrack was, of course, written by the marvellous, fantabulous Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Um, Two is, I, I have to say, he is my favourite composer. He's he's really very very good. Um, what have you heard the what he said since uh, Batman vs Superman? He said he's not going to do any more superhero soundtracks. <gasps> what? Yeah, he says after Why? doing after doing the whole Dark Knight trilogy, yeah. Superman and, and now Batman vs Superman, he says he's he's uh, done as much as he can with the genre, and he doesn't want to get tied down. I don't think. Oh wow! Into writing that kind of music all the time. Yeah. I didn't think much, actually, of the Batman or Dark Knight soundtrack. The one bit I really liked uh, from uh, Batman vs. Superman was Wonder Woman's theme when she <laughs> came in. Yes. Um, it's had a really nice kind of trumpet music that cut through the sort of the grim and the gritty that we'd had throughout the film. Um, and like Wonder Woman herself, you know, she was, in, she was enjoying the fights. I mean, Wonder Woman was the best part of Batman vs. <laughs> Superman. Um <laughs> The fact she comes in, spoilers, um, is enjoying fighting a great big monster, whereas the other two is, oh, girl, we've got to save the city. She's like, yeah, bitchin'. i got to fight a big bad guy. Bitchin'? <laughs> Are we in the 90s? Bitchin', we're in the 90s. Get used to it. <laughs> Girlfriend. Click, click. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sh- Not that Hans Zimmer will never write anything epic ever again, but I'm... Oh, no. Know. But I, I can see why he's, yeah. You wouldn't want to get tied into writing the same kind of thing again and again. No. a composer like that. Um, well, great things from Hans Zimmer. I, I just find, I don't even follow Han, Hans Zimmer. I just think, oh, hey, this is a nice piece of music. Who's it by? <laughs> oh, Hans Zimmer. Then I was trying again, like, oh, I'm really enjoying the soundtrack of the film. Who's it by? Oh, Hans Zimmer again. <laughs> so... Yeah. It's not me being biased. I genuinely do dislike his music. Mm, it's good. He's had quite a long career. I mean, there's very long. A, he, there's quite a few actually. Um, old British TV shows. You go back and um, in the nineties, he he wrote a lot of themes for TV shows in the UK. Oh really? Yeah. Um, I'm 
I'm ashamed to say I don't have any, any <laughs> the information in front of me, but uh, perhaps during our next musical interlude, I can look one up quickly. Uh, Possibly, yes. But uh, yeah, um, well, I'm going to steal the spotlight yes, now and go on to one of my uh, one of my tracks. Uh, I think the first one I'm going to jump in with is a track called Fearful Odds from the soundtrack to the movie Oblivion. Oblivion. Well, the thing is, again, I'm uh, starting off with a film I don't actually like ah. all that much. Um, I don't know if you've have you no, seen no, Oblivion. No. It's an interesting movie. Um, it's got a good concept. Uh, it's after a supposed alien uh, invasion of Earth, where uh, Tom Cruise and uh, and a girlfriend of his are overseeing the ev- evacuation of water from Earth to another planet. Um, and without spoiling too much, you know, it all there's it all a big conspiracy about uh, the aliens who who fought against Earth and whether whether they won or they lost. And uh, it's not a bad movie. I just I don't like Tom Cruise in it very much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I really like this piece of music. I love the way it's very very slowly builds and builds. Um, again. You know, like uh, like the Superman one. But in this, uh, in my mind, I have a very sort of specific, my own scene that's very specific to uh, to this, which is in the Marvel universe. Um, they're not necessarily the the cinematic universe. Yeah. The world is being destroyed and erased by these sort of immortal super beings who are sort of higher than gods. And I imagine them in plain white robes. Um, and they've kidnapped uh, Scarlet Witch when she was a little girl. And after they've effectively erase the universe they've just they're going to try and use her reality altering powers to remake the universe as they want um but this is her as a little girl uh she well, she grabs her pieces pieces of paper this little sort of school child scarlet witch and starts drawing the world she used to know and drawing all the old sort of marvel superheroes she remembers before they were all right. erased um, and this music is sort of building and building, and it's the superhero is coming back to life through her drawings, through her powers, um, and he's drawing more and more furiously, and the sort of superheroes all attack the evil erasers who've kidnapped her um, and force and sort of erase the world and are trying to force her to do what they want. I don't know why that particularly <laughs> stuck in my head, but um, the the. Uh, the strings, especially towards the end. It's the evil people's, evil villains' plans falling away from beneath them when they thought they'd won. Yep. No, it's a really nice piece of music. I like the lines build. And I like Man of Steel. It's a good song in a film that wasn't all that great <laughs> well some people would argue with me and say it's a very good film but maybe it's just because I don't like Tom Cruise very much <laughs> I think that's a very um, just reason to not like a film <laughs> that's actually fine maybe maybe, maybe. but uh, the rest of the soundtrack's good so uh, I'd you know recommend people go and give it a listen if they like that little clip and uh, maybe give the film a go 
Yeah, why not? It's not a yeah. bad watch. You, you, can, you can get through it in an afternoon. In an afternoon? It's How an long o- is a film? It's it. <laughs> it's a film for an afternoon where you've got nothing else to do, ah. and you can I don't know watch it while you're playing DS or uh, something. Okay. So how about right. you? Going on to the next one. Oh, that's a tough one. All right. So next one is Transformers. Robots mm. in the sky. No, <laughs> it's not that, that actual. Uh, not the old cartoon. No, not the cartoon one. Um, it's one of their main battle themes. So it's kind of like mm. a bit where I remember it in the film. It's not quite. Um, is it coming to Earth? Is the other one arrival? Arrival to Earth. So it's not quite like Arrival to Earth. Um, it's just more of a really dramatic help. Saviors are here to save the day. <laughs> Come on, robots. the only part of the theme which is overall called um, Scorpone uh, I can't pronounce this Scorponok yes. Scorponok we'll <laughs> uh, is, is that a um, a robot? I I, I want to say that's maybe the the desert scorpion transformer that they fight okay. do they fight yeah, that yeah, in the that, first that was the first one um yeah. Maybe that's where the name comes from. I, I, I Possibly. don't know. Possibly. Um, but I just remember this bit in the film. I can't quite remember what they were doing, but it was something pretty epic. Um, mm. Possibly, I think, they are in the jets, or they were saving the day, or they would just got the glasses, and then you see Optimus Prime in truck form going down the road, and then like, everyone turns around. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah! Um, yeah. This is epic robot battle fighting music. <laughs> it generally is. Um, That's good. And this isn't done by Hans Zimmer. It's not a Hans Zimmer one. It's not. It's a, it's a Steve Amazing. I think I pronounced his name right. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's probably right. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve ah, Jablonski. Steve Jablonski. Um, <laughs> I think that might not be right either. I don't uh, know how it's pronounced. Uh, but weirdly, so I think uh, Steve did the first three. I want to say first three Transformers mm. films. Uh, then actually, yeah. ha- Hans Zimmer did the most recent one, uh, Age oh, of right. Extinction. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Re- Revenge of the Fallen. Just form of the end of the What was that one? That's that one. Oh, I, I don't know. Oh yeah, and uh, somehow I've managed. Somehow I managed to see them all, but I don't really remember any. <laughs> I know, <of> them. right? <laughs> Big Michael Bay robots. Yes, Revenge of the Fallen. I think it was probably the second third one. Um, so clearly he did take over, but I really like his original. I mean, it, you you watch a TV show. Uh, is that riff similar to? Or chord, I'm not sure. I'm not very good with musical technicalities. Um, is that from the TV show? 
I don't know. It may have appeared in some of the more modern TV shows, but I I honestly don't know yeah, at this point. Of the films, it's like <laughs> their the main movie? theme. You know, they arrive mm. on the scene. Hey, please. Yeah. It's it's good. I mean, the, obviously, you know, this this podcast is epic music, and the, the Transformers fit very well into that. Um, it's good. It's it's a very nice. Yeah. Almost. Yeah, I think it is from when. Yeah, when the the Autobots are all sort of traveling down the road. Yeah. In their nice, in their nice shiny no, car shiny forms. Um, and it's very. It's yeah. It's a very good sort of roll up, roll up. Here come here come the, uh, the troops. It pretty much like battle formation. Help has arrived yep. in form of epic Rawr. robot. <laughs> epic, <laughs> epic robot. Oh my god! What did you actually think of the first film? Well, films in general. The first film was probably all right. Um, I know a lot of people who say the third film was they thought was really good. I thought. I thought all pretty much all of them were just a bit too much more of the same. Um, I mean, I the 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 fourth one, the most the latest one, I thought was really terrible because the Transformers are barely Major in it. It's basically uh, yeah, it's just watching Mark Wahlberg, you know, running away from that robots that actor? you don't see. Uh, Seriously, I don't <laughs> get the obsession with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. And he just, he's not yeah, good looking. Standing around. He really isn't. He looks like a weird mushed up potato <laughs> with kind of nice sexy abs. You know, if you carved abs onto a potato, you'd get Mark Wahlberg. Um, I, I don't get it. Maybe he's just not yeah. my taste. Is he your taste? No, I, I like him when he's opposite a talking teddy bear. But yeah, you know that, what? I'll give you yeah. that. I like him when he's that. But anything else. When he tries to be like even a serious actor, or like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he's trying too hard. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I don't know, maybe. but I, I think he completely ruined that last film. Well, the film ruined yeah. itself, but he was a major contributor to it. Um, I thought it was a shame they they ditched Megan Fox. I know. Oh, I'm ashamed that yeah. they ditched Shia LaBeouf. Well, did he want to come back for? for I don't know, the but he should have done. There <laughs> was a whole reason why I liked to watch it. Really? You're, you're, you're a Shia fan? I know! Fan. How can I be a Shia fan, but not a Mark fan? I think there's actually something wrong with me now. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, I, I always grew up with Charlotte Booth. Like, you know, he was in Even Stevens, that was a great show. Um, or maybe you disagree? I, I, I forget which, which, which one was Even that. Even Stevens? It's kind of yeah. like a precursor to Malcolm in the Middle. You know, they've got two parents, three kids, one's a really sporty one, one's a really girly girl, and then you've got Stephen, who mm. kind of causes troubles, is actually like smart, gets Oh, is that the one Seth Green's no. in? Maybe. No. I don't know. Okay, never mind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Well, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I just worry about running running away from Shia LaBeouf in the woods after that song. Uh, Do you ever hear that? (laughs) I'll have to play it for you sometime. There's a song called, I I can't remember what it's called, but it's this sort of big uh, choral piece um, that they recorded about, that sort of, the song about 
uh, running away from Shia LaBeouf in the woods, and Shia LaBeouf's coming after you with a knife or something. Um, um, he's almost upon you now, and you can see there's blood on his face. My God, there's blood everywhere! Running for your life from Shia LaBeouf, he's brandishing a knife, it's Shia LaBeouf, lurking in the shadows. Hollywood superstar Shia LaBeouf, living in the woods, Shia LaBeouf, killing for sport, Shia LaBeouf, eating all the bodies, actual cannibal Shia LaBeouf. It's it's really funny, um, and uh, I think at the end, sort of the the camera backs away from the from the orchestra, and the only person in the audience is Shia LaBeouf, and he gets up when really with a grim face, just starts clapping really hard. Um, <laughs> little bit creepy. Yeah. Anyway, I'll send you a link to the video after we finish recording. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm gonna steal the uh, the mic Whoop, back again. Your turn. And I think this time I'm going to jump into a very new, new, well, uh, soundtrack from a quite new film. Um, unless you are listening to this in the future, <laughs> this is from uh, the new Ghostbusters remake, um, which uh, I just went to see last week and uh, very much enjoyed. Um, I'm all for rebooting old movie franchises with ladies. Me too. Uh, and yeah, it's it's very good. Uh, I encourage people to go see the film. But uh, the music track that really stood out to me um, is a track called "The Battle of Times Square," and uh, I won't <laughs> I won't say exactly uh, what happens in this track because it's a little bit of a spoiler for the film. Okay. But uh, it's it, it's it's really good, and uh, you'll probably see what I when we listen to the clip. <laughs> of music so much it's it's a really good sort of epic battle piece of music anyway and then and then you just get a little hint of the old theme coming up before you have a pause and then it bursts into the old theme but in sort of but in yeah in this epic awesome fighting ghosts uh this soundtrack was written by oh what is his name uh it's theodore uh Chaperone, okay. I think is his name. Um, I've not heard no, of him before. Either. I haven't had a, I haven't Googled him, I fear. No. Um, but he certainly did a, a great job on, uh, on this film soundtrack. Yeah. From film soundtrack. This, 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 he sounds like he's done a good, yeah. well, um, homage to the that old. That is certainly, that's, that's, that's the best, that's the best bit, um, as, uh, as far as I can recall. Um, I will be listening through to the whole thing again. But um, yeah, that's that that's the best of it, and it is it's a good soundtrack. Um, it's the whole the whole film is very well scored. And I've heard a lot of good things I, about people who've gone to see it, and they said, yeah, it's actually a really good film. And I never had any doubt is, really about it. That yeah, I was I was excited from 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 yeah, the first about too. it, and I will say, the best thing with the film, you know, almost with any any film. Um, but this one in particular, don't go into it with any preconceived notions of what you want it to be or what you think it should be. 
just yeah, as with any film, just let yeah. it be what it is, and you'll enjoy it and have a great time. <laughs> have a good time. Ba, 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 da, da. I can't wait to go see it. You will. You'll go see that soon. I'm certainly planning at some point to uh, go and see it again while oh, it's really? in the cinema. Oh, really? That good? Yeah, is that 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 good? Um, if I can find someone to go with me. And how was um, Melissa McCartney? Because she's one of my favourite actresses. Yeah, she was good. She's good. She she's very she's very Melissa McCartney, but that does you know it's still it's okay. still good. It still That's works good. really well. Although I will say, I won't say who was, but she wasn't my favourite character in this. Ooh. And you'll under, and you'll understand who was my favourite character when you see the film. And I'm not talking about Chris Hemsworth either. Oh yeah, I forgot he was in that. <laughs> He's good. He's good okay. as well. We'll okay, give that a on go. to your next. Choice. On to the next one. Bum ba da bum ba da bum 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 ba da bum. Okay. Suck it to me. So I don't think any epic playlist could be without a bit of swashbuckle. Hey, hey, uh, hey, hey, swashy buckle, buckle swash. Um, is of course Pirates of the Caribbean. Way, yeah. Pirate girl showing her yeah. colours. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the theme tune that I've actually gone for is from the third film. It's not He's a Pirate from number no. one. <laughs> Which I do actually like. He's a pirate, probably one of the most. Well, that is the most iconic. When you think of Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah, it's the most recognizable. It is the most recognizable. Yeah. The main theme, da 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 da. Um, but yeah. again, Hans Zimmer, he's just, ah, <laughs> he's a he's machine. A, just a beautiful, beautiful music making <laughs> machine. <laughs> um. So it was actually a tough choice narrowing down my favourite parts of the Caribbean uh, soundtrack because I I love all of them from well mm. soundtrack wise I love all of them um, right from Dead Man's Chest uh, sorry Curse of the Black Pearl Dead Man's Chest World End um, I haven't so much listened to On Stranger Tides because I think that was basically just a rehash of a lot of the music and I wasn't too impressed by the music or the film and I think it should die. <laughs> yeah, well, they're making another I one now. Know. So. I know. <laughs> um, Personally, yeah, I think they should have stopped at number one. Not music track-wise, but uh, anyway. Um, I mean, the, the first one was a very good standalone film. It was oh, perfect. Oh yeah, fantastic. Uh, and the, the second and the third did dilute it, but I still enjoyed mm. them. It was still a romp. It had Orlando Bloom in yeah, it. Fair enough. I was still Orlando <laughs> Bloom girl. Completely. Bloom, death. You know, nightly. Ugh. It's, it's, it's something for everyone. It's something for everyone. Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the track that I've gone for is near the beginning of At World's End. Um, and if you haven't seen the film, a little bit of a spoiler. Uh, it's when they're bringing Jack back from the dead. Oh, and. Yeah. They're on the ship and they can't really figure out how to get back out. And Jack, being Jack, has a has a mighty um, brainwave by looking at the map. And it's up is down. So in this piece of music, they have the revelation. And oh yes, yeah, and when they the rock boat. the boat, and he goes, "What's that over there?" And everyone runs to one side. He's like, "Oh no, wait, it's over there!" <laughs> and they run, they run to the <laughs> other side. And eventually, they go back and forwards and forwards, and they end up turning it over and getting back to the real world. (laughs) 
actually um, a really hard decision between this one and another one, which is the moment when Kiranani's been pronounced the pirate king. Hooray! Hooray! Um, Hooray. And she turns around and says, hoist the colours. And it's like just that dramatic moment. It's a very short piece of music, like a minute long, but you see all these pirate ships raising their flag and it's sort of like, Yay! Piratism! Illegal! <laughs> <laughs> but this piece in particular... It just literally just goes straight into the piece. There's no kind of build up. It goes straight in there. No time for lubricant. Yeah. You're in the piece of music. <laughs> um, but strangely, near kind of the middle end, it has a little quiet moment. It's, it's kind of, mm-hmm. okay, have a little lull. But then just, we, ah, dramatic it, at the end. The little quiet Finale. moment. It goes through sort of the, 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 the same theme, but with sort of on disparate different instruments. And I'm, it's been ages since I've seen the film, so I'm guessing that's sort of from the perspective of different characters um, when when that little bit's happening, but I, I, I don't know. As I say, it's been ages since I've seen uh, the film. Yeah, so. I think it's when... Um, I can never remember the name, but it's the it's the old bald guy and the guy, um, Mackenzie Crook, um, mm. who play, plays him with the wooden eye. Oh, And yeah, yeah. I think it's the bit where that's they sad. lash themselves to the mast... So that uh, the right, I think they do it upside down. Yeah, they lash themselves upside down, so that oh. when the ship turns upside down, they'll be the right way up. Right up, yeah. <laughs> but of course, when yeah, they are the right way up for a moment or two, but then obviously the ship flips the back other way back round again, and mm. they're upside down. <laughs> um, hence why it's like a little bit to... silly, kind of fluty music in the middle. I do need to rewatch the uh, the the original trilogy. Yeah, I haven't seen them um, for some time. I won't watch Strange Tides again. That was terrible. No, no, but, I don't. Think uh, I could. It, it was weird. I do remember enjoying the beginning of the third fo- film. Um, the middle had weird pacing problems in that you know it was a very char- characters seemed to be everywhere and nowhere. And there was a mermaid, and, and there was man, yeah, and then mm. and the mermaid was sad. I don't know. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Yeah. It was all about nutter butters. Mm. But no, that's 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 good. I'd fi- I'd forgotten. I will I will put my hand up and admit uh, that yeah, the pirates had some damn good movie- music. They had some really good music, and did you know who it was by? Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. See, I'm not doing this on purpose. I just like the music. <laughs> I swear. Uh, well, I've I've stayed away from Hans Zimmer. You have. So what is your mm. next one? Oh, my next one. Which one to do next? Mm. Um, okay, I'm. Well, so I'll save the best for last. So this next one uh, is from Eddie the Eagle, the new biopic film, uh, okay. which is a really, really fun film. Um, the uh, Eddie is played by uh, I forget the actor's name. The chap who who was the main mate Eggy in Kingsman. I haven't seen Kingsman. You've never seen Kingsman? Oh, no. Oh, dear. Never mind. Uh, but uh, Eddie the Eagle is a wonderful biopic, which is almost 100% inaccurate, um, <laughs> apart from the bit at the very end where he goes to the Olympics. Um, but uh, it's a really one wonderful, fun film. Yeah, it's got um, Hugh Jackman in it, doesn't it? It does have Hugh Jackman as, um, as yeah, sort of old, drunken, alcoholic, sort of stereotype old trainer yeah. who could have made it big. 
but uh, you know, he instead he became a drunken alcoholic after he was too overconfident. Uh, and yeah, and trains Eddie, um, a person who never existed in real life. Totally fictitious. I was going to say, is this um, film based on a true story? Any of it? It's meant It's meant to be based on the real person, Eddie the Eagle, um, who was uh, an independent uh, guy who went to the Olympics. Um, he's a British, British man who went to the Olympics, who was really quite bad, but um, sort of stood up for the little guy who's willing to give it a go. Um, and he was originally uh, tried to apply for the uh, British uh, downhill skiing team. But he wasn't good enough for it. Uh, although in the film they act, they they say, "Oh, it's because you didn't go to the right school." <laughs> Whereas in reality, it's like, no, he just wasn't good enough. <laughs> um, and so he wanted he wanted to go. He was desperate to go to the Olympics for something, and the British team didn't have a um, a ski jumper, a ski jumping team. You know where they go down the massive sort of steep slopes and off the huge jumps. That's a whole lot of nope. <laughs> Uh, that's the reaction to, uh, you know, the reaction of his mum and dad. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> nope. Well, well, his dad, in a way. Um, his his mum's a bit more supportive in, in the film. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, and the thing is that you have different size jumps, and the biggest jump is a 90-meter jump. Um, and the true story, uh, well, in the film, he'd uh, practiced and practiced for the 70-meter jump. And he did the jump and landed okay, and uh, he became a talking point on TV for the Olympics. And then, uh, it, well, in, this is spoilers for the film. Um, in in the film, um, his uh, he people tell him, oh, people turn around and say, oh, you know, you're 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 not a real proper athlete. You know, you're just doing it for the attention. Um, and he says, right, well, I'll do the 90 meters then. And having never practiced 90 meter a 90 meter jump before. Decides to do it um, in the uh, in, for the official Olympics, um, and uh, he he makes the jump. Spoilers. Um, Damn it! But there's a wonderful, wonderful soundtrack to it, um, uh, composed by uh, Matthew Marchson, and uh, really good. It's very, it's really, it 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 provokes the uh, the feeling of the '80s. The whole soundtrack very well. It does, uh, yeah, the big sort of electric twangs but you'll see when you listen to the clip soundtrack so much uh the whole soundtrack is really good um really really good i'm gonna have to uh keep my uh key out, my eye out for uh, matthew margeson um because the, the whole thing is great but that that in particular it's the it's the real yeah sports movie sort of the hero finally does it at the end and does gets the final touchdown scoreball point yeah and wins the big game yeah big game <laughs> american football is stupid yeah. Uh, <laughs> but maybe, well, when you pick maybe. it up. <laughs> ah. uh, well, you know, football, football was meant to be uh, 
it was any for any sport you played when you were standing on your feet as opposed to being on a horse <laughs> um which is where the original name for football came from it didn't necessarily mean football football what we what we call soccer soccer which kind of stupid name did did we come up with that or did americans come up with that? i i don't know a soccer game because it's a stupid name and does actually describe the game itself soccer does involve socks because rugby describes that game very accurately rugby because you rug <laughs> because you rug well you know what come to think about it no sports mm. name actually describes a sport. Tennis. <laughs> Cricket. Mm. Yeah, well, I guess the ones Badminton. that have ball, ball in the title, like volleyball, you're having volleys between... Balls. Balls are stupid. I'm glad we don't play them. <laughs> well, it brings to mind that this soundtrack brings to mind for me um, a lot of uh, BBC sports themes. Because if you go back and listen to uh, a lot of them, there was the um, what was it the uh, weekend um, sort of theme for for skiing. Sort of back when there was nothing else on TV, the BBC I think used to air skiing a lot of weekends, um, and it had a really good theme tune for that. Um, a lot of the B and uh, well, yeah, for things like snooker and um, the old match of the day theme tunes. So the BBC did a lot, a lot of good, uh, good little sporty, sporty numbers. Um, and that brings me uh, this. This brings me back to those a bit, a little bit as well. Um, from my, my toddler days, sitting watching TV that was very boring. <laughs> Aye. But, uh, yeah, but I highly encourage yeah anyone to go and watch. Uh, the totally factually inaccurate Eddie the Eagle Eddie film. The <laughs> um, and then look up about Eddie the Eagle himself, the real man. Um, and look at what a remarkable life he's had uh, dining out on this one story. Um, because sadly, well, after he competed in the, in the Olympics, to stop more amateurs, um, they tightened up the rules of all the different sports and events. So you have to do these days. You have to do sort of all these sort of different qualifying jumps. Yeah, uh, yes, of at least, qualifiers uh, and yeah, of at least sort of certain heights and speeds and this, that, and the other oh. for whatever you're doing, um, which is a shame. Yeah, it is a <laughs> shame. Uh, you 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 won't get the stories like uh, you had of his. Yeah, who knows what but, could happen if it was all open? Exactly. Great shame. Oh, never mind. <laughs> so where do the eagle? I'll add it to the list, which has grown. <laughs> <laughs> right, are you ready for the next piece of candy? I'm ready for another piece of candy. Woo-hoo. Now, this is a hard choice. I can't decide which one to save until last, because these are two of my ah, top moments of... Yay! <laughs> um, okay, now, okay. We'll go for this one. So... This is from Kung Fu Panda number two. <sighs> Kung Fu Panda two. I know. Um, you know what? This is actually one of the things I really like about Kung Fu Panda um, series is I genuinely enjoy the second one just as much as the first one. 
I would say it's far superior to the first one. Yeah, I know you, you like the, the the second one better, um, but both of them, I can see them both as just standalone films, even if they weren't related to each other. Mm. Um, yes, there's no, there's 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 very little need to have watched the first film to to thoroughly enjoy the second. Yes, film. Yes, know what's going on in the second one exactly. Yeah. Um, so, but what did you think of the third one? The third one was all right, but uh, not quite as good as either of the other two. I don't think. No, which um, I was so gutted about because the way the second one ended, it was like, oh my god, there are pandas still. Ah. Yeah. Um, and obviously, the entire film has gone about how Poe is the last panda, and all of them have been wiped out. And at yeah. the end, you find out that not only is panda still alive, but Surprise! His dad's alive. Yeah. Yay. Um, and then the third film came out, and it just ah. Well, I don't know what I was expecting. I didn't really have that much <laughs> expectation, but I thought it would be better than what it was. <laughs> I did like at the end of the second film. Um, this is big spoilers. Um, at the end of the second film, you have when you see the pandas, sort of oh, they're all uh, either sort of his father is sort of seen meditating. And all the others in the background are sort of quietly tending to their rice paddies, their rice fields. Um, and then you get to the third one, and it kind of retroactively scraps that, in that yep. they're all super silly and super lazy all the time. Yep. Uh, ah, which that was, uh, was a little bit annoying. Yeah, that was so annoying. And, and in terms of the, the sort of kung fu stuff, it's very... The third one all, almost pretends the second one didn't exist. Kind of, doesn't it? And it sort of says, whereas the second one's like, ah, oh, there's one final lesson to teach you. And then the third one's like, ah, but there's a final, final lesson to teach you. <laughs> but that's kind of like how Kung Fu works, almost. There's always yeah, something I... that you unlock. That's the whole process of Kung Fu, is that like you'll yeah. never stop learning. There's always something to master. Mm. Um. Uh... I think the the soundtrack suffered from not having Jonathan Powell in, yes. in Kung Fu Panda Three, uh, which is a shame. Great, even though it's Hans Zimmer, who's good, but yeah, it was missing missing a bit of that flair. And he stole <laughs> for the bad guy. He stole an Imagine Dragons theme. I thought so. <laughs> yeah, I thought it's their song. So. Their song. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. They just it just took the chorus from that and sort of turned and movie soundtracked it. Yeah. Um, that's the thing what I found with the third film, the soundtrack, it was literally just a copy and paste. Mm. It felt like a copy and paste, which I'm very disappointed with you, Hans Zimmer. How dare you let me down? <laughs> this is over. Oh this is a divorce. It's the end of us. <laughs> but number two was very good. Yes, number two was marvellous. And the soundtrack that I've gone for, um, it's, it's kind of a small little piece, but I thoroughly, thoroughly like this. It's... um. An awakening. I don't know, what would you call it? A revelation moment in this film, I suppose? Yeah. Um, and it's the bit where Poe, well, his, his final, uh, pre-final test <laughs> to master, <laughs> uh, is inner peace. Um, and there's two ways of finding inner peace. Either having a long, long drawn out struggle kind of thing, which, uh. Sitting in a cave for 30 years. Or yeah, or, yes, sitting, or sitting in a cave for 30 years. Um, but Poe, you know, pretty much manages to master it in about 24 hours, yep. as he does, because he's Poe, apparently. <laughs> he's a dragon warrior! <laughs> um, 
And this is the moment kind of after the the team, the Furious Five, have suffered a devastating kind of defeat. Mm. Uh, they all think Poe is dead, but he's kind of floated off down the river. And he uh, is saved by the uh, the goat soothsayer. Who Shen conveniently dismissed who, shortly yes. beforehand. Who Shen has conveniently dismissed, which was a very strange act of kindness, I find, on his part. Because mm. usually Shen, he, well, he's pretty, very evil. Like, yeah. pretty evil guy. He doesn't really care about killing people. Um, yet for some reason he lets the goat go. Almost for sentimental re- reasons. Um, which isn't kind of too explained in the film, but you kind of look in his eye as much as cartoon eyes can have a look. Um, he just lets the soothsayer just, he's like, yeah, just go. <laughs> no more use for you. Um, but yeah, the goat saves him and kind of tells him a little bit more about his past and what happened with the, his family. Because for the entire film, it's kind of what's been eating him up. He doesn't know who he is, where he's from, um, just what's happened. And this is a moment of, of revelation. So, Kung Fu Panda 1 and Kung Fu Panda 2, they're both a conf, um, collaboration uh, between John, Jonathan Powell and Handmer. Yes, okay. yeah. they, they work together on the first two. They're like a map made um, in heaven. Again, John oh, Powell, we'll no. probably hear more from him later. Uh, spoilers! We will, we will do. <laughs> uh, but no, I just really like this, well, not only this music, but this piece in the film... I, I love me a good uh, revelation montage moment of <gasps> yay! What, 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 what is the technical term? You know the moment when the heroes like hit rock bottom and then they just kind of pick themselves back up again and go, hey, um, no, I'm the hero. I don't know. I don't know what you what you'd call that. What you call that specifically? Um, no, I. Also for the revelation. Yeah, Revelation's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Um, no, I do really like the the Panda films, and um, that is that's a wonderful piece of music. I uh, it goes into uh, the bit you get later on, um, which is my favourite track from Kung Fu Panda, which is Zen Ball Master. Ah, yes. Um, where he's where he's uh, throwing the cannonballs back at Shen's ships. Ah, take that. Um, which is awesome. Um, yes, that was basically uh, a, a prize almost um, of. That song of that little beast, they reprise it in the Zemble Master at the end because it's the same technique that he's just learned. Um, yeah. The power of inner peace and to handle cannonballs and throw them back, apparently. Because <laughs> um, at the beginning of the film, we see the, the Shen's powerful cannon uh, defeat the rhino's, um, what's it called, impenetrable mm. defense, or I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. And no one has ever been able to stop this uh, cannon. 
And then Poe's like, yep, I got in a piece. Uh, well, I guess, yeah, it's, it's the whole thing of um, using your opponent's strength yes, against exactly. you. Against them, using right? their weaknesses. Um, exactly. So he doesn't try and stop the cannonballs. He directs he takes them. the momentum and, yeah, and redirects them. Um, and this is probably actually one of the only films I'm sure most people can agree um, is the only film that they can actually stand Jack Black in. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I think people give Jack Black a I hard think time so too. I, I like him. I'm quite fond of him. <laughs> Although, it's, uh, oh, the Tenacious D movie was so atrocious. Um, <laughs> was that Natural Libre? Which is a shame. Hmm? No, no, not oh. Natural Libre. Um, no, t- t- yeah, Tenacious D, they actually did a, as the band, did mm. a film. Um, it was mm-hmm. terrible. Called the Tenacious D, The Pick of Destiny. Yes, Pick of Destiny. Sorry. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was awful. Nat- Nacho Libre was... Uh, I, the trouble is, you know, in the being in the UK, I've never grown up sort of knowing anything about the whole Libre sort of Mexican yeah, me wrestling too. scene. So it's, it's, it, it's hard to judge. It's not for us. <laughs> it's really. not for us English folk. Um, I remember liking Shallow Hell. When it came I out, like so I remember seeing that in cinema, um, but I was quite young at the time, so I don't know what I think of it Watch if it I watched again. it now. <laughs> um, no, I'm quite fond of Jack Black, uh, mm. and especially as Kung Fu Panda. I just think he, that is, unfortunately, as actors, we'll find that there is one perfect role out there for them, and unfortunately, sometimes it's a little bit hard to shake. So, yeah, uh, so I'm trying to think of some examples. Um, so yeah, Robert Downey Jr., who do you think of? Well, Iron yeah, Man, obviously. Exactly. Can you imagine him being anything mm. other than Iron Man? Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's tough. It's like, uh, poor old Benedict Cumberbatch. It's like, he'll, he'll never, I don't think he'll ever quite shake no. Sherlock. Although I have hopes for Doctor yes, Strange. Yes, that's still to come out. Um, mm. so yeah, he will always be Sherlock, David Tennant. He will always be Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> yeah, but what else has Tennant done? That, that's true. That <laughs> Although I will say he was very... Did you watch Jessica Jones? Oh, yes, I didn't finish watching it, but yeah, he played the bad guy. He's, yeah, the, the purple man in that, and he's really yes. good as yes, the villain in that he is very show. good as the villain in that. So maybe, maybe if he does more stuff, he could do that. Yeah. Uh, but just... <laughs> I don't know, the the life he brings to Poe as a panda, somehow Jack Black just nails it on the fucking head. Um yeah. the the way he reacts to certain things, like literally when when he's handling the cannonball, his paw is on fire and he's like, Oh shit, ah yeah. ah puts it out and puts it out <laughs> in his mouth and it's like, Wait, that was really cool. Because it was, his hands on fucking fire. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> um Look, that's just a really nice piece of music. Yeah. It makes you think, it's ah. yeah, it's it's one of those films where it's got the sort of they've always got the star-studded cast in them, but they work. Yeah. you know, it's not just nobody quite feels shoehorned in, even though they all are yeah. a bit. But no, every it, it works Jeffy with everyone. No one's too overdone. And yeah. we got one line. <laughs> yeah, well, keep it simple yeah. for him <laughs> with his with his his giant phonetic yes. cue cards. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda. If you haven't seen it, why the fuck have you not seen it? Go and uh, see yeah, them. Go give them a watch. They're fun not films. Just the kids. Really fun films. 
Well, it is for kids, but <laughs> it, it is for it's kids. very much it's for kids. Definitely for kids, but that's no reason yeah, not to watch. Them. There's no reason not to watch it. It'll make you feel good and epic. You should go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's your next one? Well, speaking, yeah, speaking of epic, possibly the most epic thing on t- on, on on TV, on TV <laughs> at the cinema, um, ever, 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 is got to be the Avengers. Oh yes. Because ah, oh, there's, there's there's never been superheroes quite like them done on on the big no, screen. No, hasn't. Uh, and I know not everyone was a big fan of Age of Ultron, but I liked it. I thought I really liked Age of Ultron, especially <laughs> because of the amount of Paul Bettany we got. Yes. In. Um, <laughs> even if he even if he didn't come out until sort of right at the near the end the of the end. film. Um. <laughs> But, uh, oh, yeah. But I will say, The Age of Ultron, I loved the way they took the Avengers theme from the first Which I love. With the first, yeah, it was really good in the first one. But um, they just took it and ran with it. Because the first one, um, I believe the soundtrack for the first one was uh, composed by, um, it's Alan Silvestri or something like that. Um, I'm butchering all the names today. <laughs> Both are. But, uh, but, uh, uh, but the trouble is, the only thing that really stood out from the soundtrack of the first film was the the main Avengers theme. You know that you have during the credits and the scene where you have them them all standing in a circle and the camera pans round um, as the ch- when uh, when they first start defending New York. Um, but they they really take it and run with it in the second film. Which uh, I really, really like, and I've chosen from that uh, the soundtrack from uh, again, you know, at the end of the film when the credits start rolling, uh, which is a track called "The New Avengers." I really, really like that. I love, uh, as I say, how it builds. I love the uh, the strings um, down low in that. Yeah, it really, really builds, builds up and up and up um, to a sort of glorious, glorious resolution of uh, yeah. You can imagine sort of all the superheroes coming in to sort of a big battle yeah. against a big bad guy. Um, and I love, I love the whole soundtrack for Age of Ultron actually um, because it's very good at. Uh, Harking back to uh, the individual themes of uh, some of the heroes, um, which the soundtrack for the first film didn't. Um, for example, in uh, the Hulkbuster fighting scene, um, you, when uh, when the Hulk when Iron Man for sort of first brings down the Hulkbuster and it completes around him, it plays the theme from Iron Man Three. The da na 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 na. That's what I thought. Which is really yeah. awesome. Um, and then in the beginning of this track, um, which you probably won't hear from the 30 second clip, sadly, uh, you get the, the brass, the trumpets the, from the Captain America films. Mm. Um, because at the, the very beginning of that soundtrack in the film, it starts with, uh, uh, Captain America and, um, and Black Widow, uh, talking to each other. 
uh, before they go into uh, to the, train up the new Avengers. Um, yeah, so I like I like that the film harks back to uh, the individual films more than more than the first one did. Soundtrack, soundtrack wise, wise, anyway. Yeah, that is a really nice touch that they've all done. Mm. Uh, just to kind of bring it yeah. all together. Exactly. Quite so, nicely. Yeah. Say, say what you like about Age of Ultron, but I reckon it's a good film. I quite enjoyed Age of Ultron. And, and stop bullying poor Joss. I know, stop bullying Joss. <laughs> trying his hardest. He did well. Yeah. Oh well. Well, we'll see what Infinity War shall bring. We'll see an Avengers film without Joss. Uh, what? What? Well, Joss Whedon isn't doing any more Marvel oh, films. Oh, what? Why? Yeah, well, he'd always said that he'd only do the, the two Avengers films in the first place. And after the critical reception of uh, of Age of Ultron sort of not being very good, he sort of he sort of swore off them. Oh. So who did the um, Civil War? I haven't seen it yet, but who did Civil War? Civil War was, I believe, the same directors as... Um, as the previous uh, Captain America film, Winter Soldier, um, and it's good. I uh, I I do highly recommend Civil War. Um, I yeah, a lot of people say, oh, Civil War so good. It's what an Avengers film should be. I preferred Age of Ultron personally, but Civil War still very okay. good. Okay, I'll take your word for it, and it'll go watch. <laughs> And uh, now for the finale of the show. Now for the finale. Right. We've, we've, so now we're on to the. We've both saved similar kinds of tracks for the last day, I believe. I think we have actually. <laughs> um, well, you know, great taste, we're same going, minds. <laughs> we're going full on Jonathan we are going Powell full here. Full on Jonathan Powell. We have left Hans Zimmer behind. This is not a collaboration. This is pure, pure squeezed. John Powell, <laughs> straight into your earlobes. Um, oh, dear. Can you guess what film we're going to be talking about? I'm sure they can. Sabrina will be very proud of you. It's How to Train Your Pet Dragon. <laughs> like, I always put the pet in front of it because... You do. I've noticed that you always call it How to Train um, Your Pet and Dragon. And that's because it first came out, like I think it must have been like a working title or it was on a... Um, a trailer, or it was on like a movie board, but originally, I swear to God, it was called How to Train Your <laughs> Pet Dragon. Unless it's an American one. Um, and then they just dropped Maybe, the pet, it's know. just How to Train Your Dragon. Maybe. I don't, I don't know where you got it from, but you got it from but somewhere. I got it from somewhere, and I'm not making it up. <laughs> um, so, How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, I love all the music from this. So good, so just, good. Oh. It, it's so they're both they're they're so vivid. The soundtracks. I mean, I can you know listening to them in the car, it conjures the movie. It perfectly. does, doesn't it? Um, and I'll say Hans Hans Zimmer is very good um, at doing themes for characters, but Jonathan Powell is a master at crafting a piece of music for a specific scene. Um, and it's just. I mean, usually the um, the the music composition is done uh, before you know the final sort of rendering of the film and the final edit mm. of the film, obviously. So a lot of credit in that way sort of has to go to the editors of these films. Um, but still, the way you know he you know can be given a description of a scene and what's happening in the scene, 
and build a piece of music around that to fit that perfectly and really evoke purely you know in, in music with no vocals no no you know singers or soundtracks no, no. or anything um yeah and oh i don't know how he does I it don't know I, don't, I just don't know it's oh amazing <laughs> um so the track that i've gone for um in this in the first film because again i like both films i do prefer the first one but i still like both of them um and this is a moment when uh they've after Hiccup has gone through lots of testing, through lots of uh, designs and uh, tinkering away in his little shed, he's finally mm. plucked up the courage for their first test drive after uh, he's unfortunately toothless and lost his tail. Yeah, after, after, after a bit of sort of trying and uh, sort of trial yep. and error. So trial and error, it's now time for the big day and uh, it's you know what? It's a really epic piece of music. It's oh, it's so good, it's so good. I just how he does it, like you said, he's been given. So okay, this is what's happening in the scene. Off you go. <laughs> um, but it, no, just this piece is like, yeah, flying. We're all good, and just disaster. He falls out of the mm. out of the dragon. He falls out of the saddle. <laughs> um, you know, and they're, they're free falling. The the ground is getting closer and closer and closer. Trying to get back on, and then when he does. He's, his instructions is like, ah, no, I can't do the instructions. And he's like, fuck it. Um, let's do this. this. Goes on instinct and it's, his oh. instinct kicks in. You know, he's designed it. He knows he knows it. And yeah, just they work so well together as a team. Uh, mm. and they just trust each other. Well, eventually they trust each other. Um, <laughs> and it's just that little bit in the middle. It's like, ah, oh, no, disaster's coming. But then, and then it all gets happy again, and awesome, awesome, awesome. Did I mention awesome? awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, you are right. Just all of the tracks in this uh, in this um, film are oh, just absolutely spot on, uh, mm. and there's a very unusual combination of instruments in it. It's like the Christmas bells. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought Christmas and... bells would have worked in a Viking film about dragons, but it <laughs> fucking does. They do. Yep. Ah, oh, there's so good, so much range in it, and but still, you know, keeping around things. I mean, you've got in the first soundtrack alone, you've got Forbidden Friendship oh, is an amazing. Nearly made it onto my list, but couldn't. Mm. <laughs> I know it's just the trouble just choosing five songs it each. It was. Um, it's probably still going to be an hour and a half episode long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then you have uh, Romantic Flights, where he's flying with Astrid and Toothless. She's seeing the stars. You know, with a lot of the pieces, uh, we have that um, kind of the main theme. It's like the... Dun, dun, 
You know the bit I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Awesome. Just good. <laughs> um, you have that recurring uh, few notes throughout all of the songs, um, just on various. Well, yeah, it, it could be dramatic, such in this one in the test drive, or like I said, the romantic mm. flight. Just just a little bit softer, but it's still that thing that joins everything together and just makes it a really nice, um, smooth flowing soundtrack. Um, yeah. Because you could just listen to the soundtrack and replay the entire film in your head. Exactly, exactly. I, I, I've done just that. And not necessarily even intending no. to, just thinking, oh, I'll listen to this soundtrack. And yeah, the whole film is there. It's just crazy. Um, but anyway, on to your final piece. Hit us with it. Well, I've gone for something from How to Train Yay! Your Dragon 2. Hooray! <laughs> oh. uh, the soundtrack in How to Train Your Dragon 2, uh, again, amazing. He takes his themes and pieces from the first film and just evolves them in... It's, it's amazing. It's Because the, the film itself is set five years later, five years in the future, and all the characters are matured. Oh, matured. they've matured. And it all... Mis- <laughs> they got, uh, they got, um, <laughs> they got facial hair. Uh, and it feels like the music has done yes. it as well. The music has matured and turned into something different, and you know, it's Exciting. more. Yeah, it almost it, it has sort of more 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 elements of war. It does, in actually, it. Does, um, it does more drums and, and more... yeah, there's there's more drums and more more marchy marching themes, and um, there's some tracks where he brings in. Uh, he actually brings in bagpipes yeah. um, for as sort of the um, evil backing theme to um, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh yeah, Drago. Drago. Um, so wonderful. But uh, <laughs> the piece I've chosen um, is from just near the end of the film, um, and it's called "Toothless Found." Um, it's one of my favourite tracks. Uh, you'll hear. As we play it, um, it's one that starts off quite somber and dark and builds and builds and builds and has uh, this amazing, amazing finish. I love that track, uh, as I say, from nearly at the end of the film. It's not quite the last, the last track. Um, after that, you do have the um, the track, the two new alphas, where uh, you actually have the sort of final battle. But the for me, the pacing in this bit of music is just a little bit better yeah. than that one. Um, and uh, yeah, just for uh, for a good, good, a, a good. Track with its own sort of little arc and story it does, in it. it. I really I like this. The, yeah, I think we said this at the beginning, where the story, this music is a little story within itself. Mm. It's it's very good, and I love yeah. Right at the end when it's sort of it builds up and up and up. Yeah. So again, again in this piece, you get that little 
twinkles of of the main soundtrack again. You do, um, yeah. It's literally it's, it's always there, and I love how he fits it in. There's different versions of it. Yeah. It's just, yeah, he, he he fits it in everywhere, <laughs> and yet it's never <laughs> tedious or overdone. No. <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for the third one. Because um, I know uh, Jonathan Powell, he's been taking a break from uh, from film soundtracks for a little while yeah. now, which is why he didn't do uh, Kung Fu Panda ah, 3. right. Um, and he's been doing um, something called uh, a Prussian Requiem, so he's been doing a traditional classic, you know, classical yeah. scores, um, uh, which haven't been released yet, so I'm quite excited to hear those. Um, there's been a few clips online here and there, but not the, the full full score or anything. So uh, I'm very, very much looking forward to hearing that. And then uh, in, I think it's going to be another couple of years before we finally get, or another year, it next year or the year after? Uh, you to get I don't know, you know more about than I do. <laughs> anyway, we've still got to yeah. wait, so um, hold, hold your breath for a little bit okay. longer. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Eventually. Mm. What a marvellous song to finish on. Both great yeah. films. Well, the same film, kind of. Um, that's what I liked about Jonathan Powell. I've been thinking about it and listening to that last, um, that last piece. It does actually remind me a bit more of Kung Fu Panda. Um, and I think that's a great way how he offsets, uh, Hans Zimmer is he brings the playful sides of music to it. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, with that. so it's kind of like he's, he's the, the playful side of, you know, Poe, he's a, he's a funny kind of panda and toothless, mm. you know, he's a really playful, fun dragon. He just brings that characterization out in his music. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think you're right. I can't think of anything where Anzim has really been playful. No. I mean, uh, you, you can argue, you know, some of the Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, it, it, it in, yeah, in a way. But it's still, it's still quite serious. I'm not sure. Oh, Hansen must have done sort of some, some various animated films and things before Kung Fu Panda. So maybe we're being unfair, but I, I think yeah, I think you're right. Jonathan Powell's superior at the playfulness. Yes, it's definitely superior at the playfulness. Um, it just brings it's a nice different dimension, which is brought through in mm. the music. Exactly. But yeah, great uh, choices to finish on. Hmm. I think uh, yeah. I'm I'm all epicked out. Yes. So, so it's, yeah. it's it's been a journey, been. and uh, now I need to go and rest and recover. I, I I think I need a a, a hard drink and a smoke after that session. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, right. indeed. Well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Yes, I hope you have enjoyed it thoroughly as much as we have on our very epic journey. Um, who knows how long this podcast is going to be? My bet is on one hour and thirty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Um, we shall um, see. But stick well, it through it to the end. If you are listening to this, then well done. You have stuck it out to the end. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, some of the uh, juicy sound sound clips have kept you going. Oh, I hope they've kept you going. And absolutely, go and watch all the films that we've recommended. Listen to the music. All the films. Go out there, broaden your horizons, live free. And multiply. What? <laughs> go out and multiply. Go out, go forth. Go forth and, and multiply. multiply. <laughs> go out and multiply. <laughs> Who says that? 
<laughs> you boy, go, go out, outside. multiply. <laughs> Bunch of uh, well, if you'd like to uh, leave us a comment or tell us uh, what soundtracks we should have been listening to today, yes. you can uh, do so on the website, which is uh, pieceofcandypodcast.wordpress.com. You can listen to all the old episodes there and uh, leave comments on any or all of them. We'd love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back again next week. We'll be week. back again next week with some more juicy, juicy things for you fine people. Indeed. <laughs> well, it's a goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from her. Bye! Bye. Running for your life from Shia LaBeouf. He's brandishing a knife. It's Shia LaBeouf. Lurking in the shadows.